I'm a little bit um, all over the place just because I love writing it all. Um, and so for me, trying to narrow my audience down has been tricky. Um, and so I, I've actually narrowed it down to my ideal reader in the end, which I think if you just wrote, say, for parenting, you'd, be, you'd have an easier job on, on your narrowing down your reader. But for me, I've actually got like a whole personality written out. I know my, my, my reader is Kate. She's 45 years old. She has uh, kids that are all certain ages. She has her own struggles, her own marriage difficulties, her own hopes and dreams. I know where she shops. I know what chocolate she likes. I have <laughs> my imaginary friend, my avatar, whatever you like to call her. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, that is when I write a blog or a book or anything. I write it for Kate. From cave drawings to family histories to stories around the fire, humans crave order among chaos, connection amid isolation. So we tell stories. Our mission at the Storytellers Network is to bring the art of story to the masses. Whether you're in marketing, you're an entrepreneur, or you're developing your own personal brand, telling your story effectively can make the difference between celebrating milestones and collecting unemployment. The Storytellers Network strives to help storytellers tell their stories so you can learn from the best. Now, your host, Dan Moyle. Welcome, storytellers. I'm your host, your guide, your librarian, your navigator through this journey of storytelling. I'm Dan, and I love story. And I love sharing the stories of storytellers I admire, and some I'm just getting to know along with you. And I had the opportunity to get to know someone today that was a fascinating interview, a wonderful storyteller. And I'll get to that in just a moment. A, a real quick nudge for you. Go to the website, thestorytellersnetwork.com for everything you need, past interviews with great storytellers, resources to help you tell a better story, and even stuff to help you maybe launch your own podcast. So there you go. Uh, that's all, thestorytellersnetwork.com. You can also contact me there through the contact page. Uh, so today's show that you're listening to, uh, she's a published Christian author. And she writes heartwarming encouragement for your soul. It just sounds so heartwarming, doesn't it? Laura Thomas writes uh, romantic suspense, teen fiction. She writes about marriage. She writes children's books. And we even talk a little bit about picture books. Yes, you can. You, you do write picture books. I was blown away. Uh, she is a, a chocoholic mom of three, married to her high school sweetheart. And we recorded this on Valentine's Day. So I just saw that they've been together since they were 14 years old. And she is... A few years past that, I, I won't divulge that, but uh, what a great story. Originally from the UK, she now lives in British Columbia, Canada, with her, her husband and her three young adult children are around, and it's just a great story. So I hope you enjoy this. Let's get to Laura's stories. Laura Thomas, welcome to the Storytellers Network. I'm so glad to have you on the show and, and get to know another storyteller. So thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Dan. Thank you. So I made an assumption there. I called you a storyteller. You are a fiction author and writer. Do you're a storyteller, right? Do you consider yourself that? I think you kind of have to be. Yeah, okay. it ha it's it's all about the story for sure. Right. So where does that start for you then, Laura? How, how long have you been that storyteller that you've really recognized that as what you do and who you are? Uh, I think I have a bit of an unconventional um, introduction to that. I actually buried my uh, dream of writing and being an author for 25 years, mm. um, which is not the norm. <laughs> uh, so as a child, I was definitely, I don't know so much as a storyteller as a story absorber. 
I was one of those bookish kids who just like forget playing outside, give me a book in the corner and let me lose myself in this story. Um, (laughs) So I started off definitely um, loving everything about story. Uh, I'm then wanting very much to be able to write my own. Um, and then I don't, I think life just happened. I never shared this dream with anybody, which I think might've been part of my problem. Uh, but I just, that, that dream of being an author one day, which was very real to me as a child, it just kind of drifted. And I didn't tell a single soul for 25 years, literally. Um, and then Oh gosh, I was in my mid thirties and my husband and I were out for coffee and having one of those deep and meaningful conversations about uh, dreams. And he asked me, honey, what's your dream? And so, you know, I sort of gave him the hat. Oh, you're, you're my dream, honey. (laughs) You are my dream. I've lived all my dreams. This is all good. We'd emigrated. I'd had three kids. I'd homeschooled. I'd done the things kind of on my dream list. But he said, you should always have something that you're reaching for. You should always have a dream. So I just casually threw in there, well, there's that dream of being an author thing. And he said, the, the what? You want to be, you want to write? What? How have we been together? Like, I was, as I said earlier to you, been together since I was 14 years old and had never breathed a word of this um, oh. to him. So it was kind of a surprise. <laughs> But he's, he's amazing. And he just turned around and said, if this is something you want to do, you need to do it now. Because I was all in busy mode and just, I'll do it maybe when I retire or something like mm-hmm. that. But he said, if you have a dream to be an author, you need to get started on that right now. And you will make time if you want it badly enough. And mm. that was the catalyst that, that set me off in that direction. And I have not looked back since. <laughs> that's awesome. So we'll get into a little bit of like how that worked out for you, but I want to go back to what you said when he, when he, when you're, when your partner, when your husband, when your spouse, your, your, your other half asks you that, what's your dream and is genuinely interested and wants to know it. How does that feel for you? Oh, uh, well, he is an amazing, we've been married nearly 32 years. He's my best friend. He's, I haven't, I've got to be honest with you. I have no idea why I never shared this with him before. Mm. Honestly, it was that deeply buried because we share everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it meant a lot. I mean, we were in a very busy stage of life then, three kids, like I said, I was homeschooling, volunteering, doing a whole bunch of stuff. And for him to just take, take me to one side and say, honey, what, what are you dreaming? What are you dreaming about? What, what do you want? You know, what are your goals? And to be interested, well, that maybe that just gave me the floodgates then just to, to pour it all out there and then. And that was, that was what I was waiting for. <laughs> mm. And how, and how romantic it's funny. Cause we're, we're talking on Valentine's day. We're recording yeah. yes. like what an amazing, amazingly romantic way to, to be as a, as a partner to someone. Um, yeah. Very cool. So, so Laura, when, when you decided that, like, as you guys talked about that, did that happen right away for you then? Did you just sit down like, I'm going to start writing or what was <laughs> kind of the cat? How did that initial steps go? Sure. Well, yeah, of course I came home and I was like, excellent. I'm, I'm going to be a writer. Here we go. And then it was like the, wait, I left school at the age of 16 and went into banking back in the UK. I have no formal training of writing, creative writing, any kind of English. Um, so it was where on earth do I begin? So my passion initially was I wanted to write for children. I think um, that had been my dream as a, as a child myself. And then 
teaching my own kids how to read and being in that whole children's books um, sort of phase of life at the time, that's what I was kind of heading for. So I actually enrolled in the Institute of Children's Literature, um, which was correspondence course. Um, and that's how I started because I, I just needed something. I'm, I'm a very keen learner, but just give me something and I'll go with it. Mm -hmm. So it was real nuts and bolts, how to write specifically for children. Um, and I was very aware that I had very little time. I mean, I, I knew I could make time, but it was writing in the little cracks of time that I could just kind of squeeze it in. So correspondence course for me was um, perfect. I guess these days we would call it an online course, but back then it was literally mailing off the assignments, <laughs> like with yeah. paper and everything. Yeah. yeah, I can remember that. I, yeah. I didn't do it, but I can remember that being a, it's thing. a thing. Yeah, it was a thing. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So, so that is literally how I started, and then my first, um, the first things I got published were children's stories in uh, magazines. So in in kids magazines. Uh, so that was my first kind of introduction to. Oh my goodness, my words actually are being read and want to be read, and and I'm, yeah. I'm actually a writer. <laughs> so that's kind of how I, I started off. Yeah. Now, if you think back to how that felt in that first moment, maybe the first story, the first few, do you still get that same feeling years later as you publish a book? Has it changed? How has it changed? Like, tell me about that. Oh, that's a good question. Abs absolutely still the same um, excitement, anticipation, thrill uh, for me, incredible impatience in the waiting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I still, still to this day, I can remember my first rejection back in the day uh, and how much that hurt. I, I wasn't used to rejection, to be quite honest with you. I've been with my man since I was 14 and <laughs> I, rejection really wasn't on my kind of radar too terribly much. So rejection, um, as you know, is very much part of a, of a writer's um, life. So I had to grow a very thick skin. So, and I still feel that rejection even now when I get rejected for, for, manuscripts, articles, stuff like that. So that hasn't changed. That still hurts, but I'm able to move on. Um, and I found tools and ways to do that. But the, definitely the thrill and the excitement of a, a story being accepted and enjoyed and read, that, that is still way up there. Yeah. And, and how, so we talked about um, correspondence school. So obviously the technology has changed for education. Mm -hmm. How has it changed as a storyteller, as a writer, as an author, how has that changed for you? Are you, and, and we'll get into like some of the hows, but I assume over these last few years, it has changed for you, yeah? It has, I mean, I didn't have my first, I, I just having my eighth book published next week actually, but the first one wasn't until 2012. So I feel like not too terribly much has changed. Yeah. If you would, if I had, hadn't had that 25 year gap, <laughs> and if we were having this conversation about when I sure. maybe would have started at age 18, I can tell you that everything would have changed for right. sure. Um, I think things have changed in the last few years. Uh, I mean, you know, we all know social media, online, everything has just mm -hmm. opened the floodgates for the good and the bad. Um, but definitely, if you spoke to an author who was actually publishing books 20 years ago, I know it was, it's night and day, very different. I can't imagine actually having to navigate those, those different waters, you know, <laughs> to yeah. what we have today. So it, it has all been online since my actual book publishing career, if you like, has started. Okay. 
So it hasn't um, been too dramatic. I got you. Okay. So, I mean, the world, I mean, like I'm in marketing professionally, the world changes Mm. every month, it seems like, but if it's always been online for you, that's interesting. Um, Do you use, you mentioned social media. How do you use social media as a storyteller and an author? And it's all about connection for sure, which is great. Um, That's one of the wonderful things about social media is um, I suppose with, with, book writing, um, it can be very lonely. It can be a very solitary (laughs) experience, um, which many of us enjoy. (laughs) But um, (laughs) at the end of the day, connecting with readers, there's nothing like it. There really isn't. Um, So I guess depending on personality and stuff, but but for me, I I love to be able to connect with potential readers uh, and just allowing them to get to know Laura, as well as Laura Thomas, author, um, just seeing a little bit of behind the scenes of, of my writing life. Uh, and my big thing is encouraging. I really want to encourage, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Christian author, I want to encourage people in their faith, but also just in their pursuing their dreams uh, and their, their goals in life and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your the headline on your website is heartwarming encouragement for your soul. I, that is so, I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I can, I can write everything that I write through that lens because um, fiction obviously primarily is my main thing, but I also love to write uh, nonfiction. I write a lot of um, Sunday school lessons and devotionals and um, blogs and articles for magazines. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like to have the one lens that I can run everything through. And so I think that um, heartwarming encouragement for your soul is, is something that I am able to kind of filter everything through that. And that seems pretty purposeful. Like as you describe that, having one lens to see it through, that's, that sounds like a marketer. Um, <laughs> that sounds very, very strategic. How important do you think that is for authors today that maybe don't know where to start and I want, I want to do everything. I want to, I want to write maybe horror and then this and then fiction. And then not, like, is that lens, do you think, pretty critical in today's distracted world? Uh, well, personally, yeah, I, I think it is. And it took a little while for me to actually get that lens kind of clarified for myself mm-hmm. uh, because I am multi-genre. Um, so I have a trilogy, a Christian teen fiction trilogy, middle grade. Um, and marriage nonfiction, as well as my Christian romantic suspense fiction trilogy. So I've, I've, I'm a little bit um, all over the place just because I love writing it all. Um, and so for me, trying to narrow my audience down has been tricky. Um, and so I, I've actually narrowed it down to my ideal reader in the end, which I think if you just wrote, say, for parenting you'd be you'd have an easier job on on your narrowing down your reader but for me i've actually got like a whole personality written out i know my 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 reader is kate she's 45 years old she has uh kids that are all certain ages she has her own struggles her own marriage difficulties her own hopes and dreams i know where she shops i know what chocolate she likes I have my imaginary friend, my avatar, whatever you like to call her. Uh Uh Um, That is when I write a blog or a book or anything, I write it for Kate and whether it's for her personally or whether it's for her to pass on to her niece or her son or something she can encourage her best friend with. I just 
Does that make sense? I, I have her. Yes, yes. I have her front and center. Yeah. So again, I go back to marketing. That's that's a buyer persona. Yeah. And that's what like marketers do that all the time. You know, in, in marketing, it might be marketing Mary. It might be owner Oliver. It might be whatever. And like you have that narrative. You have that person. Mm-hmm. You may even have a picture of them, a photo I, have, of I do. I do. It's a little creepy, yeah. but I do. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. That is so interesting. That is the first time out of 120 interviews that I've heard that. Yeah. That's really cool, Laura. Cool. Um, so you said earlier that this was a dream that you had buried. Is there a particular writer that helped to cultivate that dream for you that you looked up to as inspiration? Ooh, I'm not sure a particular writer during all that time. I know as a, as a child, my, my favorite book, hands down, was Little Women by Louisa mm. May Alcott. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it's still my very favorite book. Um, and I don't know whether it's because I am one of four sisters um, mm. and uh, a lot of it rang true to me as a child. And I think uh, the character of Jo, who was the author, I guess she inspired me. Um, that's always been, that's always been my favorite, always been top of mind. Yeah. Uh, to be as, as a reader, I think I kind of had a gap between, I don't know, my teen years and early 20s when I couldn't really find stuff that I loved to read. I, I don't know. I'm not sure whether it was just a busy period of life having kids and emigrating and stuff. But then when I was in my mid to late 20s, I discovered Christian fiction. That's when we moved over to Canada. And uh, that opened up a whole new world for me because I was, um, oh, Francine Rivers and Karen Kingsbury and Colleen Coble and all these authors I was reading devouring their books and at the end of them I wasn't only satisfied by the story and the great writing it was something um, that encouraged me in my faith as well mm. and I think that was uh, the, the beginnings and the ripplings if you like of me thinking I want to do this one day so mm. again it took a few years for it to actually come to the surface but I think right. the ripples were, were happening <laughs> yeah interesting so I'm I want to I want to have a little bit of fun with this because I'm I'm a, I'm strong in my faith I'm a Christian uh, I love your Christian music and and I remember being younger and I've always loved music um and as we're talking you we're, we're using videos so you can see over my shoulder I have a, a music poster of Jack Johnson um <laughs> So I love music, but I never, and I wasn't real strong in my faith when I was a young man. And so I, I loved secular music, especially heavy metal, Metallica, you know, Megadeth, that kind of stuff. I love heavy music. And I always looked at Christian music as cheesy. Mm-hmm. Like they're not that good. They're just like, it's just, no, that's not my thing. I, I've changed my mind over the years. And I love, there are some gr- amazing Christian artists. So with that said, that's the, that's the foundation there. I, f- I wonder if it's the same for authors and for, for stories, right? I wonder if there's a stereotype for readers that, well, Christian fiction is probably just going to be full of lessons and quoting Bible verses. And I don't want that. I just want to read a good suspense book. Mm-hmm. How do you debunk that myth? Besides writing great books. But <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm trying. I'm really trying. <laughs> right? Oh, gosh, I think it's the same. I mean, you, you can't knock it till you try it, right? Um, and for me, I've, I've read my fair share of books um, where I've got to the end of it and just kind of been a little disillusioned and been, I'm never going to get those hours back. Like, <laughs> those hours have gone. <laughs> I've, and I've, I've had those books too. 
Yeah. It's yeah. like, I've got nothing. I can't even remember anything about the storyline. It, mm. it was empty. And I, I, think, I think I've done that one too many times, uh, which is one of the reasons why as a, as a Christian writer, um, I kind of I take it seriously that my reader is investing a lot of time in my words. So I want to make it good cheesy would be horrific <laughs> so like for, for um for my christian romantic suspense i want i want to have a page turner and my readers tell me they are page turners and they can't wait to see what's going on they're on the edge of their seats i want that i want that romance that connection for those who enjoy that side of it as well but all the way through i want that thread of faith so that Whatever happens with these characters, with the issues, I, I, I want real issues, life issues that people struggle with on the daily. But at the end of the day, I want it to be a story of hope so that you come to the end of the book and in a very non-cheesy, real way, you're like, yes, I got something from that. And maybe, maybe you've related to one of the characters in the book or maybe one of the characters has reminded you of somebody in your life or you've got suddenly you've got empathy or sympathy or I don't know. I want everyone to come to the end of the book and to, to really have something solid. Um, it hasn't been a waste of time. It's been time well spent. <laughs> yeah. I like the, the four letter word you use hope. Yeah. Like what always. a great, what a great thing to have. Um, well, no, no matter fiction, you know, with, Faith, non-faith, whatever you read, you everybody wants hope, right? Hope yeah. is what everybody craves. So, yeah, I think that's that's the the excellent four-letter word. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Laura, you obviously love what you do, and it sounds like you're also in love with reading as well. Yeah. Why do you think we humans love stories so much? What is it that moves us? Oh goodness, it's in all of us, isn't it? I actually, because it's the Storytellers Network podcast, I have a quote which I knew I would butcher, so I've written it down. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the best quote that I've heard, and it's by Liz Curtis Higgs, who is a phenomenal um, fiction and nonfiction writer. Uh, but she says this: "By God's design, I believe our hearts and minds are shaped by story. It's how we learn." It's how we make sense of the world. Characters, situations, moral consequences are all around us. Mm. And I just think that hits the nail on the head so mm. well there. Um, yeah, we, we're made for story. We, we love it, don't we? When, even when it's um, a true story of somebody's uh, heroic efforts or devastation or triumph over tragedy, we, we gather around and we want to hear every detail. We want to be caught up in that mm -hmm. story uh, with real life. And I think it's the same with fiction as well. We want to almost, um, sometimes it's escaping, uh, but we, we want to lose ourselves but be found again in, in a story. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's why I love to write them. <laughs> so, so that's why we love to consume them. Is that also why you love to create them then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the day I stop wanting to do it for those reasons and the day I stop thinking about my reader is when I have to lay down my pen. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so, Totally. Side note, then you said lay down my pen. Is that metaphorical or do you write, handwrite your manuscripts? It just sounded so much better than stop it, tapping my keyboard. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> like, like I see people writing. I saw on Twitter the other day a, a 
writing community person shared that their cat was chewing on their pencil as they were writing. And I'm like, do people still write like that? Like, I, I think it's great, but yeah. I tap. So anyway, yeah. right. I, I, I tap for novels. I do write. I have journals everywhere. And I, oh yeah. Day I write with, I do literally write with a pen. Fear not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the writing of the books, it's, it's all about the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right on. Right on. Um, I haven't written full books yet. So I, I was curious. Um, yeah. I do a lot of, do a lot of tapping though myself and some <laughs> writing too. What is, so that's what you love about writing. Uh, what's your biggest challenge that you face as a, as an author? Ooh, so many. <laughs> um, it's, Fair. Yeah. Well, I'm not the most patient person. Uh, and so the, it's a waiting game. It really is all the way through, right from um, waiting to hear if you're, you're ever going to get something published to the actual process of getting the book out there. Um, my book, The Glass Bottom Boat, which is the, the first one in this romantic uh, suspense series, took six years, which, I mean, obviously I was doing other stories and things in the meantime, but, you know, I know writers can get very disillusioned when they write their story and it's not caught up in six months. I mean, six years, sometimes 16 years, like people have waited 20 years, right? Um, so patience is one thing. And if I'm going to be honest, the marketing side, I think many, many writers and authors will put their hands up and say, we didn't sign up for this. <laughs> we, we wanted to be like an author in our, in our office with coffee and, and words. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But the marketing is a whole, we've got to have many hats, many mm. hats. <laughs> How do you navigate that marketing right now? And, you know, 2020 as a Christian author, what does marketing look like for you? Oh, if I knew the real answer to that, <laughs> I would be such a happy lady. Right. Um, I think it's really, it's having to put yourself out there. I mean, fortunately, I, I am not a recluse and, and I do love people. Um, mm. I love doing book signings and getting presentations and getting myself out there. I'm not shy about that. So I think mm. that helps. Because yeah. um, not everybody can do that. And it's, it's tough, right? Um, yeah, a lot of it is online, Amazon. I mean, lots of, you know, that's, that's one of the big ones. Um, but even marketing, like we we're talking about earlier, just connecting with readers on social media, like Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And mm -hmm. um, people want, I don't know whether it's always been this way, but people like to know about your life, not just your books, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. Do you, do you mind sharing your life with people or did you get into this thinking, I'm just gonna talk about my book and you're going to buy it? <laughs> right? No, not like, at all. I'm an open, I'm an open book. <laughs> that's fair. I really am. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't mind at all because I love finding out when when there's an author that I really like, and they blog about something that's going on in their family or where they've just been on vacation or struggles they're having. I eat that up, mm -hmm. and so, like I said, my I want to encourage. I really do. And so, if that if I can encourage somebody by sharing my struggles or my funny things that have happened in my life or, or whatever, I'm all for that. So Laura, where do you, as, as you write these stories, where do you find your inspiration? How do you come up with a suspense, romance, faith-based yeah. story? Where does, where does that come from for you? Ooh, that's a good question too. <laughs> um, I think, 
with all of my books, it's been a lot of life experience. Uh, people do sometimes ask when I, when I share that uh, I buried my dream for 25 years, they ask, do you regret not writing in that time? But I feel like I did a lot of life in those 25 years. Mm. Um, and that's given me a, a, a lot of material to draw on, a lot of life experience to draw on. Um, I find traveling really inspires me. Um, glass bottom boat. Um, that was that I got the inspiration literally from a glass bottom boat in Jamaica. Mm. Um, and then, um, on the Oregon coast, the, the lighthouse baby was, I literally sat on the beach and wrote part of the book of the lighthouse baby, um, Mexico missions trips from 15 years ago for the book that's just coming out now, like a lot of it. And I think when, when my mom or my husband <laughs> reads it, they're like, Oh, they, they see a lot of me, um, <laughs> even when I can't, I don't mean to, you know, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of, a lot of life experiences, um, kind of come up. I never, I never write about somebody specifically, <laughs> but, um, I try and draw, yeah, on, on what I've done. My, my kids are a huge inspiration. I mean, mm. you can't, you know, kids are always inspiring, right? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Uh, inspiring and confounding, but it's always good. Yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> <Sure>. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so you said earlier that uh, little women was, was that, that story, that book that really got it for you. Is there a story in particular besides that, that's been a life changing story for you? Cause I feel like connecting with through story changes lives, but I like to hear people dig into if they have had a life changing story that's affected them in some way. Um, I think if we're going to go right the way back to, to kind of when I was age 11, um, my life changing experience was, um, my conversion. Um, I came from a family of, uh, performers, musicians, singers, and uh, my dad actually was an alcoholic. Um, and he had a very dramatic conversion and literally in a split second went from alcoholic to born again Christian and just his life transformed in a moment. Mm. And as an impressionable 11 year old, um, that was huge for me. Um, our whole family and lives were turned upside down um, in, in the best way. Uh, and so for me, I had, I had to, um, navigate that on my own terms as well. And at the age of 11 realized that I, I too needed a vital faith. I needed, um, Jesus as my Lord, even though I wasn't an alcoholic and I was a pretty good little 11 year old girl. I, I had a, I had a need and I had this, um, this need for something and I didn't realize what it was, but it, it was Jesus. So that, that that changed everything, not only for me, but for my whole family. We ended up, um, my dad went to Bible school and it was a preacher and a pastor for, for 30 plus years. And I mean, everything wow. changed. So definitely my outlook on life, my, um, yeah, just everything changed in, in, in that, that time when I was an 11 year old. Um, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how, like, I love hearing those testimonies where God does a, a, a split second change in someone and there's just a dramatic 180, mm -hmm. you know, my life hasn't been that interesting. So, <laughs> so I oh, love everybody's hearing life that. is interesting. Come on. I mean, it is, it is pretty interesting, but like, but that wasn't, that wasn't how it was for me. I wasn't, I wasn't at the bottom and mm -hmm. got saved. I mean, I certainly went through, I've gone through my tough times, no doubt about it, but, 
what an amazing story to be able to share that. Is, is your dad still with you? Is he still around? He is. Well, he's back in the UK. Yes. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. See? Yeah. He's, he's still, still preaching, still, cool. still doing his thing. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a roller coaster, but um, many, many stories, many, many stories yeah. <laughs> from the whole time. But uh, yeah, yeah, God has been very faithful. And I think that's for me all the way through my life. I, I just, especially as I'm getting older and looking back and seeing how good he has been throughout. Uh, so I always have fun when somebody asks me, how are you doing? And I answer, better than I deserve. Yeah. Cause, cause he is good. He is good to me. And I, and, and as Christians, we get this, I don't deserve this, but it's funny to hear the different reactions of people say, Oh no, you're good. You deserve it. Like you don't, you don't get it. You don't get it. I'm grateful for it, but I don't deserve it. But anyway, um, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, have you told them that that changed your life and how important that is to what you do now? Oh, he knows, he knows. Okay. He, he's actually started, he's written four books now I think oh, cool. uh, non-fiction uh, he's not a fiction guy he's um but he he's he's got a heart for for writing and getting his word out however he can but he's still preaching pretty much every week so he's yeah. <laughs> he's not that's tiring cool. from it at all <laughs> that's cool so we talked about social media and how you use it and how we get our word out is, is there any other advice you have to, to upcoming writers I mean you're working you said this is your eighth book coming out yeah. You're nine. Okay. Thanks, yeah. What, what advice do you have for writers that are just thinking about it and want to do this? And maybe they are a little bit frustrated because they're not sure if something like what, what's your advice as a seasoned writer? Ooh, goodness me. Um, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, um, something I didn't know then, but I'm, I'm glad I know now, I suppose is I would say, don't put yourself in a box. And what I mean by that is when I started out, I wanted to be the next Beatrix Potter. I wanted to be a picture book writer. And that's as far as my little box went. Um, I had, yeah, that was it. <laughs> I had no idea that I would be in pretty much every other genre, but <laughs> so, so, and I still have a picture book. Uh, I have an agent who is, who has got my picture book manuscript. So I still got dreams and goals. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've just been open to writing wherever the opportunities have presented themselves. And some have ended up fabulously and some have not ended up how I expected, but oh, it's been a learning experience every single step of the way. So I would say be open, really be open. And I mean, as a Christian writer, obviously just kind of pray about it, put it in God's hands. Like he, his timing is always perfect. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, just, just don't put yourself in a box. Yeah. There's, it, it's a huge world. Out, it's a huge writing world out there. And mm. um, sometimes even to get to that end goal, it might take a very different route to what you have in mm -hmm. your limited imagination. But um, yeah. And Good. then as much as you are in all those genres, then you come back to that lens though of, of heartwarming encouragement for your soul. So I, I, Absolutely. I really respect that. I think that's amazing. Um, so now I want to, uh, uh, this is, this is tongue in cheek, but I want to ask this. You said you have a manuscript for a picture book. Mm -hmm. If it's a picture book, what are, what are the words? <laughs> like help me understand, help me, help me understand that though. Like that's an interesting thing to think of. I've thought about writing for children's books and it's like, well, there's not a lot of words, so I could do that. <laughs> 
you yeah, know, right. it's, it's been the hardest. Out of yeah. all the stuff, give me a novel, an 80,000 right. word novel any day rather than a 500 word picture book. Yeah. <laughs> so is it that like short of a, like 500 words would be a picture book kind of thing? More or less, that's usually uh, probably 800 max, but generally they, they usually ask for around 500. So to get like a whole story arc going, something, you know, <laughs> happening, yeah. I've written, I've written a few, I've, like I say, I've I had lots published in magazines and stuff, but I'm still hanging in there for my yeah. <laughs> book one day. Um, maybe by the time I get grandchildren, <laughs> maybe this will happen. <laughs> There you go. Start writing for the grandchildren. Now, now write for Kate's grandchildren, right? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been doing this a few years now and you had it buried for 25 years. Mm-hmm. What is, what do you think making it looks like for you? Cause in my mind, like you've written eight books, you continue to write and you will, but at what point do you look around and you go, man, I've really made it as, as this writer that I thought I could be after 25 years. Ooh, wow. Um, I, I'm honest with myself, I don't know whether I will ever be able to pat myself on the back and go, hey, Laurie, you've made it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't imagine myself doing that at all. Um, but I think for me personally, I, I feel like I've accomplished much when I get feedback from a reader. And it's whether it's been an article or a book, whether it's a teenager or, or a grandma, but when I've heard that it's help them in some way or encouraged or inspired them. That for me is making it. Hmm. That's really cool. Just that little bit of feedback is what mm-hmm. gives you that. That's really it's cool. huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It really is. Which is, I mean, if, if I can just do a little plug here for anybody who's ever read a book, reviews are massive. Like they really are writing a review. It can be one sentence, but um, reviewing a writer's work it's, it's, it means the absolute world. So, you know, if you're a reader, you read a book, just go onto Amazon or Goodreads and write one sentence and give them a rating and um, that will mean the world. I don't care if they're, you know, published, fantastic, multi-million, whatever. It's, it still means the world. So yeah. feedback is, is a lot, yeah. Right. That's, good. That's good to note. Um, I've always thought that I don't want to leave a review unless it's a five-star review are three and four stars, even though, even if they're positive, still good? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah. Every review counts. It really does. Even if like you don't enjoy the one or two, but I mean, (laughs) but you've got to be honest, you've got to be honest. And if it was just like a, okay, book, put a three star review because a rating and then a little review because yeah, it, especially with Amazon, it all counts. It really does. Yeah. And feedback is invaluable. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good to know. Appreciate yeah. that. Just don't be mean. Don't be mean. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Constructive is good. Mean is yes. just go away. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, Laura, I want to I give you an opportunity to make sure everybody can connect with you. I have a final question for you in just a minute, but where do you send people to make sure that they can find all the things for Laura Thomas? Sure. Uh, well, I, I am everywhere. I am in all the places. Uh, but the easiest way to tell you is just to go to my website. So that's lauratomasauthor.com. So that's my name, lauratomasauthor.com. And um, all my social media is links are on there and all of my books, my blog, you can contact me. I love to hear from anybody. I've got a contact page. So it's all there, lauratomasauthor.com. 
Good. And you've got a, a newsletter too that you do. So sign up for that. I do sign up for my newsletter. Yeah. I do a giveaway every single month. Awesome. Yeah. I'll put yeah. the links in the show notes so people can Thank find you. all those for you. Um, so Laura, if someone, you know, you spent 25 years burying this and someone were to say to you tomorrow, okay, you can't be a storyteller anymore. Got to find something else to do. Uh, besides punching them in the nose, maybe. No. Um, <laughs> what would be your last story you want to make sure that you leave behind? <gasps> oh, goodness me. Um, if it was my last story, um, I would want to write one that just portrays how incredibly God has been faithful throughout my entire life, my writing, my family, my friends, my everything. Um, it would be one that people would read and say, wow, God could even work through her. God can even work through her. That's a good legacy to leave behind. I, hope I like so. that. I like that. <laughs> Laura, thank you so much for being a part of the Storytellers Network. I really appreciate you telling your story. Oh, thank you, Dan. It's been so much fun. So there you have it. Once again, Laura Thomas, thank you so much for being a part of the Storytellers Network. If you want to connect with her, I suggest that you should go to the show notes, get those links and check out what she has for, uh, for books and for stories. It's really good. So, so there you go. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it somewhere on your socials, uh, in an email, just tell somebody, text it to them, tap a stranger on the, on the street and say, go to the storytellersnetwork.com and get great stories. So there you go. Uh, I appreciate that. And as she said, when it comes to books, reviews are important. It's the same thing with podcasts. If you enjoyed this, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, wherever you listen, or just send me an email and say, hey man, nice work. Because it can be a very lonely life doing writing and podcasting both. So there you go. And as you share it, we're going to change the world with stories. So I appreciate that. As I said earlier, everything you need to know is at thestorytellersnetwork.com. You can contact me there. You can send me an email, dan at thestorytellersnetwork.com. Let's connect, tell stories, and share this wonderful life together, shall we? I appreciate you very much. I'm so glad you're with me on this journey. Until next time, here's to telling our stories and having those stories to tell. Cheers. Cheers.